1: And you're listening to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Film. As always, after every New York Giants game, we are giving you the quick takes, the reactions, immediately following what we think about the game before we end up breaking down the film and giving you the full breakdown on Tuesday. So the Giants, yet again, lose another football game, this time against a team that pretty much everyone assumed the Giants would have a walkover game considering the type of matchup that they had and the opportunity to beat an easily beatable team a New York Jets team that lost to the Miami Dolphins and the Giants managed to lose 34 to 27 and Chris and I were actually just speaking about this because if you look at the stats and if you look at the numbers and if you look at just the simple box score it honestly makes no sense how they were able to give up 34 points and they, they lost this game because they out they essentially outperformed the Jets, uh, statistically speaking.
2: If you just look at the box score, you could assume this was a great game. You know, came right down to the wire. Both teams had a chance to win. Watching the game, oh, there were some bright spots for the Giants. But there was just a whole lot of bad from both of these teams.
1: Yeah, the, the numbers that you look at are just not indicative of the actual performance because right around the same mark in total yards, but they were also able to to play pretty stout defensively against the run game. A lot of things did not bounce the way for the Giants as far as missed point-after attempts, strip fumble returns. Things like that really impacted this game, and as we do always, we try to not be overly negative and critical about everything, so we do have... One positive to discuss, and that is the offensive rookies really being that only bright spot. They had big performances today, so Daniel Jones, 26 for 40, 308 yards, 4 touchdowns, 121 rating. Again, having a performance like that makes you kind of question how they were able to lose when your quarterback is that on fire and has over 300 yards and over three touchdowns. Uh, the other player was a bit more unexpected late round receiver, Darius Slayton, who continues to be more and more promising had 10 receptions for 121 yards and two touchdowns. So two players that the giants are going to be very keen on building around and developing and improving. Yeah, And I would
2: say if this game was basically all about Darius Slayton. He was the one who had the breakout performance. The giants offense was basically Darius Slayton and it was either Slayton on a slant or bust. Uh, Yes, Golden Tate made a couple plays, but really it was Slayton who was injecting life into this team, who was making Jets defenders miss and really just generating those big plays, getting excitement and keeping the Giants in it.
1: Yeah, he was really a life line for the Giants offense at times especially on that fourth and three he created an amazing opportunity by grabbing that ball and taking it to the house and and I've said this continually that you know Darius Slayton might not develop into this elite number one receiver but he can be a number two or a number three guy that is down over the next couple years that can be consistent and have breakout games like this. The Giants are are definitely going to make an effort to bring in a young receiver, whether that's through free agency or if it's through the draft. After that does happen, Darius Slayton will be an amazing piece to cap things off for this Giants offense and this uh, receiving core. So now we're going to take a look at the negatives because as you would expect, and we say this every game, in any loss, there are going to be negatives. And it just seems that we have the same reoccurring ones every single week. And we're going to get to that very shortly after we take a very quick commercial break. Support for
3: this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs
1: So, like I said, we have pretty much very similar reoccurring negatives that we say in the breakdown, that we say in the quick takes every time the Giants lose on this never-ending losing streak. And the first one is a broad look at how bad this Giants offensive line is. And understandably, they were missing three players, Mike Remmers, John Jalapio, and then Nate Solder ended up going out with an injury. So you had three players in that were very limited in experience. I had tweeted out that it at least was an opportunity to to see and evaluate what those guys are like, but still it's, it's no step up, but at the same time it was no step backwards because it's the same thing we've seen every week. So they allowed six sacks. Only 23 rushing yards were able to be picked up and one rushing yard for Saquon Barkley. So Overall, just not a good performance from the offensive line.
2: No. I The pass protection for the Giants is getting scary. I don't want to rag on the offensive line too much because there were basically, in the last two years, nine starts between those three linemen, those three backup linemen, and all of them were Spencer Pulley. the Eric Smith and <clears throat> Nick Gates, the... They had never started or played in an NFL game before today. So even though the Jets don't have a great pass rush, that's still an uphill thats still an uphill fight for them. So I don't want to get on them too badly, but the Giants have still given up 34 sacks by their bye week. That is, that is scary bad pass protection. And then their run blocking was non-existent. You said they got 23 rushing yards. 20 of those came from Daniel Jones- on three rushes. Saquon Barkley averaged a tenth of a yard per carry. Wayne Gallman, that one rush for two yards. The running game was non existent. So it's a good thing Jones was able to exploit the Jets weak secondary because that was that was the only offensive production the Giants were going to get. The Jets have a good run defense and the Giants had no run blocking. So that was just not going to happen. I think the other Thing that the issue that just keeps cropping up, and it's related to the pass protection, are Daniel Jones's fumbles. You know, he got lucky early in the game when he had one hit the ground and bounced directly into Saquon Barkley's hands. Later in the game, Jamal Adams just took the ball away from him and deposited it in the end zone. It is a problem right now.
1: It's a very good point that you bring up. That you you can only blame the offensive line playing today so much because of a lack of experience. Essentially, three fifths of that line was not the same starting unit we've seen all year but still not a good performance from them but I think that what really might be stemming from this at this point is poor coaching and I I, the, the reason why I say that is that if you realize that you have an obvious glaring weakness and before it was the offensive line and the veterans not playing well and now it's guys that don't have much experience not playing well in this game, if you realize you have that weakness, you need to be a lot smarter in your play calling. You need to do something to scheme and manufacture yards. They continually do the same thing every single time. We continue to see the same play calls that don't work because Daniel Jones drops back, can't find anyone, and then he has pressure in his face. Either he gets the ball off, he's able to escape, or he's sacked for over five times in a game. I just, I don't get that how you have 14 called runs in a game where you can't establish the run game. I get it that you're trying to find other opportunities, but you need to at least try and get that going. Because if it's obvious that you're throwing the ball, it's much easier to, de- to defend later on in the game. And that's exactly what happened in the very, very end when the Giants had a chance to march down the field and tie it. And the, and the final little thing of of me acknowledging the play calling here is that on first and second down, I, it just seems overly predictable. I feel like I could guess and be right 50% of the or probably more than that 50% of the time, but that's not odds that you want to be having on first and second down play calling. It's always a run up the middle or an attempt to throw past the sticks.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. You, you know, the Giants are going to call a play that's pr- may or may not, but probably won't work on first down, and if that happens, they're going to run on second down. And lately, since week three, that run has not been there. The Giants have not been able to run the ball since week two. And then they're going to be stuck in third and long. That's going to put Daniel Jones in a bad position, That's putting the offensive line in a bad position. And sometimes it does work. Sometimes he's able to escape, or they get a really good route combination, and a receiver is able to get free – and make something happen. But then there are a lot of other times when it just does not work at all and the defense is able to make a play. And if the Giants are going to insist on trying to run the ball, which I'm not saying they shouldn't, they have to get more creative with their calls. You know, we have seen some read option. I don't want to see Donald running with the ball all the time, but it's something they have to start including just to give the defense something else to think about. Also... Use Darius Slayton's speed, get him on jet motion, give the defense other things to look at, and then maybe later in the game, you can use that jet motion as a run if they start to ignore it. You know, that's things like those are things like what uh, Cliff Kingsbury does out in Arizona, where he he just puts these ideas out there and then eventually builds plays off of them later in the game.
1: And and when we discuss the play calling here, it's not really a, a push to. You know, say that because I know I've already seen a lot of people saying they, they want to fire Shermer, And I, I'm i going to say it's way too early to do that because this was brought in and, and this new regime was brought in to rebuild and transition away from Eli Manning into a new era. It's going to take some time. There's going to be some issues, but you would at least hope there is some better decision making. Another thing that we really noticed from this game was just a lack of a pass rush against, I would argue, the worst offensive line in the NFL, if not in the bottom five of all offensive lines in the NFL. They lost their best lineman, Colicio Semele, because of some drama related to an injury. Other than that, though, the the Giants were not, it didn't, it weren't didn't going against anyone good. They weren't able to get any sacks, and they were essentially allowing Sam Darnold to extend those plays where things were closing down on him but they weren't able to finish those plays and actually take him down and wrap him up.
2: Yeah, and credit to Sam Darnold. He did make some absolutely incredible throws. Like the one I believe it was in the first quarter, he could not drive from his lower body at all. He was wrapped up and still completed the throw. That is, we'll say ill-advised, but also damn impressive that he got it done. But yeah, the Giants just continually were able to get close. They were able to pressure him, but they weren't able to finish the job. They weren't able to really soundly beat their blockers and get to Darnold before he could get the ball off. We saw Leonard Williams around him all the time, but he was always just around him, not sacking him. The same for Marcus Golden. He was there, but not White. He could never never seem to close that last yard. And part of that is Darnold being able to move around, extend plays and throw off balance, off base, out of structure. But also it's on the defense. They have to be able to finish those rushes against bad offensive lines. And when they have the opportunity, they have to
1: capitalize. They really did have a, a wonderful opportunity to dominate an opposing offense. And they just could not do it the pass rush is the one thing that really sticks out to, you despite them giving up as many passing yards as they did to them. The final thing and goes in line with our, our questioning of the decision making from the coaching staff was just clock management. Not much needs to be really dove into for the for for this this point here, but they burned two timeouts with about four and a half minutes left while the Giants or the Jets rather had the ball. So I that really was a bit questionable to me because. If exactly what ended up happening, if, you're, if you don't know what's going to happen at that four and a half minute mark where you get the ball back and you hypothetically can't move it, you'd at least like to have those three timeouts as a cushion. That's exactly what ended up happening, and the Giants didn't have any—actually, they had one timeout to call on the Jets when they had the ball, but still, nothing for them to use to work down the field with about 29 seconds left, if I'm correct— to get down the field. So I I don't really understand that decision-making. I get maybe calling one right before the two-minute warning, depending on who has the football. But I think that's just way too early to be calling timeouts.
2: Yeah, and this is not the first time we have questioned the Giants' clock management at the end of games. This is probably the third, maybe fourth time it's something that's come up. So that's definitely something they should look at over the bye week if they're using – analytics to help inform their decisions maybe they should take a second look at that or if they aren't maybe they should look at some of the analytics around you know clock management uh when to go for it when to punt when to go for the two-point conversion the, all those sorts of things that's just something else they have to look at before the yeah over the bye week
1: i'd sure hope that analytics analytics are uh are what's causing them to make that decision, because otherwise it makes it all the more all the more questionable why they chose to take their timeouts then. That's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in after another difficult loss for the New York Giants and hanging in there with us. This week, the Giants are on a bye, so we're going to be giving you some different content. As always, the Tuesday show will still be a film review, but stay tuned later in the week as we're going to be giving you some special guests coming on and we are going to be discussing essentially the future and the offseason going forward and evaluating the current personnel for the New York Giants. All right, thank you for listening and tuning in. Make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Also, follow us on social media at View and also at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E, and also at Raptor, M-K-I-I. Have a wonderful rest of your day, folks.